Hi, welcome to Antonos. Happy New Year. This is episode 47 of Antonos, Back to the TARDIS. We're going to continue our adventures with Jodie Whittaker. We're going to continue this until after uh, the next group after this one called The Flux. Uh, this is like called Space for All. That's what was written on the dark mark of the DVD. So let's get right to it. Uh, this Spyfall Spall called Part 1, Spyfall Part 2. Say that three times fast. In Spyfall Part 1, the Doctor is recruited by the British government in order to find out about these shimmering aliens that make people uh, disappear and this has a link to some fellow that's like a industrialist guy. He's kind of like Bill Gates or one of those other guys. That That's always a common thread in science fiction and Doctor Who. Somebody who is very rich and very industrialist and they're doing something mysterious. So they have these links with these aliens. So the doctor says, oh, there's an old friend of mine. He's called Q. And we, he works for the uh, British government, you know, uh, the, uh, the their equivalent of our CIA, they they called them something else, but I, I I've kind of forgotten what it means. Um, but so, at the end, this fella turns out to be the master. He's like, oh, I told you to look for the spy master, didn't I, Doctor? Or master, didn't I? And the same actor who plays him is his name is Sasha. Now he was in a really great uh, TV movie they did called uh, Adventures in Time and Space, which talked about Hartnell and how he got the part. There was this fella, he was one of the first producers, the first director of Doctor Who. So they had a woman producer, and this Indian guy was a British guy who was their first director. So he directed all the early uh, Hartnells, and... He uh, So he portrayed him in the TV movie. So lo and behold, he goes and portrays the master, and he's wonderful. He has a new version of the tissue compression eliminator, and he leaves the doctor and his companions trapped in an airplane with a bomb, and the plane going to be depressurized and about to crash. So in Spyfall Part 2, the doctor eventually finds herself trapped in the past in World War II in Paris. So he finds the master, and she's like, he goes, oh, a Nazi uniform? That's even low, even for you. And he's like, yeah, I know. And so they meet on the Apple Tower. Why does this continuing rivalry between us? Why do we do this? And he, she, he even tells her at the beginning, end of part one that everything you know is a lie. So that begins this storyline of this timeless child. Some people love it. Some people hate it. Some people are indifferent about it. We'll get to that in a minute. Of course, uh, when the doctor eventually finds her way back to the present, and the master too, since he lives a long time, they all get to where they're supposed to go, and uh, eventually the master, the aliens, the industrialists, all defeated. Uh, but the master says that he destroyed Gallifrey. Everybody that's on the doctor's home planet is dead. So the doctor goes and 
visits Gallifrey and finds everybody dead. The city abandoned, everything destroyed. And she doesn't know why. And what did the, ma- what did the master do to, to do this? And why did he invade the Matrix? And what was his plan there? Now, this is probably one of the worst episodes of the season, at least in my opinion. Orphan 55. Now, Orphan 55 is about this pleasure planet, and they go there, and it turns out it's an orphan planet because everything's been spoiled by radiation or by uh, pollution. All the problems that we've uh, faced throughout the world, you know, the global warming and too much pollution, overconsumption, has eventually uh, overwhelmed this planet. And it turns out it's Earth. So that, I thought, was a weak... That was like, oh, we took that from Planet of the Apes and we just figured, oh, we'll do that. And there's these mutant creatures that are humans and they're running around. And the most annoying part of it, there's this group of tourists and one of this uh, old man, this old woman, and she keeps saying his name, Benty, Benty, every 10 minutes. And I was interrupted twice while watching this episode and then when I finally got to watch it, I said, boy, this episode is probably the weakest of the whole season. From the weakest to the best. Uh, Nero Tesler's Night of Terror. Now, I love the historical episodes. I think the historical episodes are the best. And the actor they got to play Tesler is the same actor that was on ER. He was that really nice foreign guy. He was in a lot of stuff. And so he plays Tesla. And I'm like, oh, I know him. He's cool. And the same actor who plays Thomas Edison is uh, the fellow that played Seventeen, both the android and the real person, in uh, the Caves of Angezoria. I thought that was really, really great. So... In this episode, a group of space pirates are looking for a brilliant person to help them fix their spaceship because they're just stealing technology. They're pirates. That's what they do. And they go and they get Tesla and they scan him. It's all your mind is very superior. Help us fix our ship. And the uh, Thomas Edison, they say, well, what about me? And they're like, you're not as brilliant as he is. And, and he's outraged. He's infuriated by that. I thought that was wonderful. And the doctor, of course, helps defeat them. And using the death ray that the uh, uh, that Tesla has, uh, he defeats the aliens. He disables their ship and defeats them. Now, everybody talks about this next episode, The Fugitive of the Dragoon. Now, it was always great to see the Dragoon again. I have their action figures. He's these rhino guys who are like a group of space cops. So they go to this area, and they say that there's a fugitive there. So there's this woman there, and they say she's a fugitive. She's wanted for, uh, for several crimes for genocide. The doctor finds out that she is herself. She, uh, her, her memory has somehow been erased, and she just knows herself as Roof. And they go and they find the TARDIS buried in a in a yard somewhere. And when they uh, unbury it, she's like, 
who are you? And she's, I'm the doctor. And she's like, no, you're not. He goes, I would remember that I'm, I was you. And so is she a future self? Is she a doctor from uh, the past? Or is she a doctor from another dimension? We really never uh, do that. But she tells her that Galfrey's been destroyed and that they don't seem to remember that. So they put everything to right and send the dragoons back to where they're supposed to go and uh, so on. And then Paradox. Paradox was another one of those weak episodes. It had some really good ideas, but it didn't stick the landing. Two people are stranded in space. The doctor and his companions try to stop it. And there's a group about these plastic that is basically enveloped all over the planet. So at first, you might think it's the autons because they use pl- they use plastic to uh, uh, infest in the planet. But nope, it's not them. It's just this plastic has kind of been developed into that. So it attacks birds. It attacks a whole bunch of people. And it's very, very uh, weak. So they, they couldn't stick the landing. I think that was the biggest problem with this episode. It was uh, weak in, in, in that in, in that writing. A lot of times in these newer episodes, they have great ideas but can't stick the landing. They don't give us like, oh, that's kind of dumb, but that's the way it is. And then can you hear me? Now, can you hear me? I love these callbacks to other old aliens. and, and Now, do you remember the uh, Doctor Who episode Enlightenment? Remember those creatures? They were called uh, the Eternals. And the Eternals were things, they, they need distractions. They need uh, certain things to keep them occupied because without human minds, they're just empty nothings. So... They mentioned the Guardians. They mentioned a couple of other alien races that the Doctor has encountered before. So unwillingly, Graham unfreeze one girl and this other guy. The, the This planet basically sacrificed themselves, these two planets, because the two, uh, these two uh, Eternals basically made life miserable for both worlds. They just tormented them to death because they uh, that's what they like to do. They wanted to see people suffer. They wanted to see people uh, in agony. And they just wanted to see people get turned on each other because they that to them that was entertainment. So the doctor realizes that that's what's going on here. And eventually she sends them back to both the the planet that they were trapped in originally in the first place between these two worlds that are die, being destroyed and they're trapped in between them forever. Pretty nasty fate, if you ask me. Okay. Oh, uh, this one is really good. Like another historical, The Haunting of Vince uh, Durow. That's the, uh, this has to do with Mary Shelley. So the doctor's like, let's go visit Mary Shelley. So they go to visit Mary Shelley and Percy Shelley, the uh, group of people that uh, did it. In the previous episode, we get to meet Captain Jack. While all this is going on, he, he sends a message trying to find the doctor and warn her about this. 
there's this rogue cyber leader that's half human, half Cyberman. And he's a cyber leader. And for some reason, he is looking for this Mercury device that contains cyber technology. If he can gets his hand on it, he can reactivate the cyber fleet. So that's what he's doing. So he shows up here right when Mary Shelley is going to write Frankenstein. So the doctor warns, you know, uh, her friends, don't mention Frankenstein. And they find uh, Percy Shelley, and he's on the brink of death, and the doctor saves him. And he knows she, she can't deny the world uh, uh, Shelley, Shelley's genius, Mary Shelley. She, she's going to give up writing and everything. Oh, no, no, don't do that, the doctor's like. So they meet this rogue Cyberman, and he he wants this Mercury thing. So the doctor finds out it's in Percy Shelley. He takes she takes it out of him, gives it to her, and and Captain Jack warned them don't give it to him. But she had to in order to save history. You know, a couple of lives in all of history, or or to stop a an old enemy. So she, of course she she makes the sacrifice to uh, do that, save history, and. What this deal with the Cybermen later, and that's what she does because she's the doctor in Ascension of the Cybermen. Great title, by the way. Uh, we the, we go far to the future where Earth and everyone is up during the cyber war. So the doctor uses all these defenses to try to stop the Cybermen, Cybermen to use cyber drones and destroy all their defenses. And eventually this leads up to the cyber war fleet. In the cyber war fleet, he's trying to activate all the cyber with this Mercury device, and he does it. And then we get to the timeless child. Now, all through these episodes, they give us hints about who the timeless child is. So eventually we go back to Gallifrey, because the, the master has decided... She, he captures the doctor and says, brings her to Gallifrey. And he says, oh, I didn't dispose of all the bodies. So he turns all the Cybermen's, uh, he turns all the, the Time Lords into Cyber Lords. Now, this was from an old idea. This was supposed to be the Five Doctors special that he, they were going to give the Cybermen the power to regenerate. So think about it. Cybermen who can't die. They they have the power of a time lord. They can regenerate. They and so you can't stop them. Normally you just blast them and they fall over and that's it. If you can, right? But no, this time they haven't. I know somebody's going to cosplay as this one day at a, a Doctor Who convention or at a Comic Con. You have a Cyberman helmet and a Time Lord robe. I, I can just see that happening one day. So I thought that idea was very clever. So the doctor realizes she's going to have to destroy Gallifrey or destroy this Gallifreyan city. She gets out of the Matrix, finds out she is the timeless child and all these big secrets about herself that she is the original Time Lord. She's the one who gave the Time Lords all their power to be so they could be immortal. I think that's an interesting idea, but not the doctor. I think it would have been more interesting if it was the master or 
or maybe it was uh, one of the doctor's relationships or something, one, somebody that he knew or she knew. Anyway, they, uh, he de- she destroys the Gallifreyan city, she destroys the master and the cyber fleet and the cybermen. And unfortunately, everything she's held dear on Gallifrey. Sending everybody home and sending them back to Earth. Cutting them off forever. Thinking. So she takes a TARDIS and it turns into a tree. Gets back to her own. And the Dragoons show up. And they say, you're under arrest for genocide. And they send her to the Time Lord prison planet. When I saw that on screen, I went, that looks like Shada. And exactly that's what it is. So in the next group of episodes, she is on the prison planet of Shada. All right. They decided no more Christmas specials. I I hope when Russell T. Davis takes over Doctor Who, when he does again, they bring back the Christmas special. So Revolution of the Daleks, great title again. And in this story, uh, Captain Jack finds out where the Doctor is and releases uh, the Doctor from prison. She, he manages to get arrested, of course he does, and sneaks a device in that allows her to get back to the TARDIS and escape. So when her fam find her again, that's what she calls them, uh, he goes, oh, I was in space jail. So while this is going on, she finds out that the Daleks are at work again. Remember the same actor that played Mr. Big and he was on uh, Law and Order? So he's back again. So he's using Dalek technology, which is never a good idea, to turn the Daleks into drones. Okay? So they have very little, they have a little bit of organic parts in them, but mostly they're mechanical. But the idea here is that they're like tanks. They're invincible tanks. So use them for security, use them for an army, use them, or use them with regular soldiers so you don't have to uh, uh, have anybody else. You don't have to worry about Send them into battle to, to wipe out a group of terrorists and so on. Great idea, but not great technology to use it from. So they, the Daleks that are these drone Daleks, they become self-aware. And as he says, best outline of the episode, he says, this is a PR nightmare. So uh, the doctor realized she needs an army to stop them. And what army is she going to get? She calls the Daleks of Scaro. And the Daleks of Scaro come back to Earth. And since they don't feel those Daleks are impure... They wipe them out. But of course, they're not just going to say, thanks for the help, and then leave. No, they're thinking, we're going to conquer your planet now. Of course, the doctor tricks them into using into a duplicate TARDIS. They all go inside it, and then she destroys that duplicate TARDIS and destroys the Daleks with it. So, that's it. And then Jack decides to stay on Earth, but we get a parting of the ways here. Uh, Graham's grandson and Graham decide that they're going to leave the doctor. So they all hug, and she says to them, um, Goodbye, fam. And 
Graham and her grandson goes off to their next adventures. But Yas decides to stay. And I think that that's a good idea for her because she's an interesting companion. So next time on Anton Knows, we'll continue with our adventures in the TARDIS with the Flux. What did you think of this last season I talked about? What do you think about the upcoming season I talk, I'll talk about and the last New Year's special called Eve of the Daleks? Okay? Stay safe. Stay warm. And I'll see you again on another Anto Knows.